It is Thursday, September 28th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Dame Time has a new address. And week four of the NFL starts tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dame Lillard hoping Milwaukee's the new Miami. The Lions are at the Packers as week four of the NFL season kicks off tonight. College football gets underway tonight. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? Well, for it's a rarity that we're going to start with the NBA. It's not Christmas yet, is it? It's not, but... This is a huge story, and before it's Christmas we, for Giannis, though. Yeah, before we preview Thursday night football, and we're going to get to that. We'll preview Thursday night the Lions and the Packers. Uh, we might even tease a little same game parlay that we cooked up for tonight's game. I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But real quick, Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, is here with us each and every morning. And hey, we have something to talk about, Mac. Finally, Damian Lillard is now teammates with Giannis, not on an all-star team, but on the Milwaukee Bucks. How does this change the landscape of the association? It flips it upside down, and you mentioned it. Giannis picked his very first pick of the all-star game. I want to play with Damian Lillard. Now he has his wish. You can't think this is a coincidence that he says, hey, I need to see a commitment from this team, and the team committed paying $60 million for probably, for my money, outside of Steph Curry, the most complimentary player that Giannis could play with Fixes a lot of holes for that team. I upgraded them by two points. I think I might be conservative. The market also agrees they are now the title favorites. Clear cut. They went from 700, plus 700, to plus 350. Payout cut in half with Damon. So, so when you say he's he's a great complimentary piece to Giannis, explain exactly what you mean. Like, what about his game fits with Giannis? Giannis, he might be the best player in the league, best player in the world, but he's not the stereotypical last five minutes of the game, throw me the ball, I'll go against my man one-on-one, and I'm going to close it for you. He's never been that, and he won a championship doing the best he could without that ability, but the last two games they played in the 2023 season, they had 15-point leads with 60 minutes to go, and they lost both of those games because they got completely stagnant on offense, and that affects your defense. Damian Lillard, exact opposite. Dame time is a thing for a reason. One of the most clutch players in the league. Only Michael Jordan has ended two different playoff series with the shot. That's something that Damian Lillard has done. Ending playoff series with buzzer beaters. So this is a three-team deal. It's not just the Blazers and the Bucks. The Phoenix Suns also involved. So here are the details. Portland gets Drew Holiday. DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix to Monte Camara and Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round pick as well as an unprotected Milwaukee swap uh, with 2028 and 2030. That gets complicated. The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as a part of this deal. So here's my initial thoughts, and you you can throw them in the trash if you want, McKenzie. I'm going to run them by you. You can tell me if I'm an idiot or not. Drew Holiday, we talked about the timeline for the Blazers. Drew Holiday does not fit the Blazers' timeline. Would you imagine that Drew Holiday is not playing for the Portland Trail Blazers when the season starts? Yes, his value goes up if anyone gets hurt, but even without any injuries, he will be the number one trade trade chip going into the trading deadline. And according to Woj, the Blazers are expected to engage contending teams 
on talks to move Holiday. The Suns, moving on from DeAndre Ayton is such a non-surprise to me because oh, yeah. I, I felt like the, they didn't want to sign him to that deal, but they felt like they kind of had to, so they did it, and now they're like, oh, we can get out from that? Right. Let's do it. And what the Suns get really is a bunch of depth. Yes. Remember, the Suns were uh, – their their entire bench was old guys who were signed to the veteran minimum. This gives them some real players and including – like Grayson Allen, and we'll get to Grayson Allen's impact on Milwaukee in a second. Grayson Allen's a useful NBA player uh, and, and gives, the, gives the Suns a really good shooter potentially off the bench – it also takes away a shooter from Milwaukee, a team that doesn't have a lot of those, and that was seemingly like kind of their weakness. He had found a real niche as that guy. Sure. How much does that affect Milwaukee, and how much does his addition help Phoenix? Milwaukee's been a very deep team. However, I think they benefit more with less because I think they're going to be able to – their offense is going to make up for their defense. So they're worse on defense because Drew Holiday is not there. They don't have as much depth. But when you're getting good shots, which Dame is going to be able to get you to do, you're going to be able to play better defense. But I think you're right for the Suns. They are a lot better today, even losing the best player that they had in this trade. DeAndre Ayton out the door. Yeah, he's better than Yusuf Nurkic, but he's not better at what they need him to do, play defense, do the dirty work. I would say mm-hmm. the same thing about Grayson Allen. They didn't really have a wing off the bench that could do that stuff. Eric Gordon's you know, a shooter, old, older in his career. I feel like this helps both that, that team a lot. And, and what did they lose, really? I mean, a little bit of scoring from Aiton. So, yeah. like, Nurkic, uh, it's only 13 points per game compared to Aiton's uh, 18. But in terms of blocks, they both have the same exact block rate at .8 per game. In terms of rebounds, it's 9 versus 10. So, it's it's honestly, it's it's a comparable player. from, for, But for what the Suns need from a center? Right. Nurkic provides everything they need from a center. Well, it also lets you save your three best players. The this, this three best players for the Suns all have kind of the same concerns, which yep. are they're either old or they're injury prone. Uh, and really, none of them play a whole lot of defense, and there's no depth behind them. That's yep. not a great combo. They needed to have depth because those guys weren't going to make it through the 82-game grind and then the playoffs. And this team has aspirations to be a championship-level team. You you don't want to have to keep your best players like like the the Clippers like you feel like you've got to keep your best players in bubble yeah. wrap. You can't really use them as much as you want to because you know they're going to break. Now Phoenix can can kind of manage minutes yeah. and and have some guys that they can put on the floor and not feel like they're giving up games. And at the end of the Nuggets series, remember they benched Aiton. They were like, "This is yeah. this it's is not, not working. working." Kevin Durant had to guard. Jokic for several possessions. That's not going to be the case with Jokic in town. All right, well, what does the market think, McKenzie? What has been the movement on the title odds for the teams involved in the trade? The Milwaukee Bucks are now the title favorites, and it's not particularly close. They're plus 350. Big drop-off before you get to the Celtics and the Nuggets at plus 550. And what about the Suns? Any impact at all on them with the swapping Aiton for Nurkic and getting some depth? They're still fourth favorite. They're still 6-1. Okay. I'm actually I, – I mean, I thought the Suns were underrated. They should have better odds than the Celtics and Nuggets before this. Now I think, you know, I wish I would have had Bucks 7-1 in my pocket, but I think Suns at 6-1 is almost as valuable. Well, hey, it's uh... – It's going to be a 2021 finals rematch. I'm calling it right now. Bucks suns meet in the finals. I like it. Well, hey, it's uh, Thursday, September 28th. And we had a, a big NBA story. So right? Sometimes <laughs> that happens. That's a win for the did we Did we get Portland's title odds update? Uh, <laughs> I mean, just to j- equal time, right? Don't sure, we want to, sure, uh, sure. I mean, let's be fair at least. It went from 300 to 1 to 500 to 1. Oh, that is a big downgrade. I mean, if you talk about like, that, that's 
You think anyone has a 300 to 1 ticket for the Blazers? I'm like, dang, I thought this this had value, man. I didn't see this coming. (laughs) Negative CLV they're holding It does feel bad. It does feel bad. Well, Thursday Night Football will kick off week four of the NFL season. Tonight in Green Bay, Lambeau Field will renew the rivalry between the Lions and the Packers. Where are we sitting currently right now in the market, McKenzie, for this game? Lions are still holding steady as a two-point favorite in most spots. It's interesting because the Packers, you would think, are getting healthier that they would be the side that people would bet on if Aaron Jones makes his return, if Christian Watson makes his season debut, and the way that Jordan Love has played coming off the heels of their first win of the season that or their second win of the season, uh, a come-from-behind win against the Saints, that maybe this is a bounce back here playing at home once again. Well, and, and the Packers have some revenge. If you remember Week 18 last year, the Packers missed the playoffs because they lost to the Lions. And so you think if any, if there's any team who's up and motivated, it would be this Packers team to, uh, to, to get a little, get a little blood back mm-hmm. from these Detroit Lions. The Lions are 10 and O against the spread in their last 10 divisional matchups. Man, that, that is an impressive number. They're 10 and two ATS in their last 12 head to head against green Bay. That's shocking. That is shocking. Listen, my overall thought on this game is don't expect a lot of offense. And we know that in general, Thursday night football is a night for not exciting Prime time games. Unders, baby. Prime time unders. But 60%. the Packers are hoping to get Aaron Jones back, hoping to get Christian Watson back. We don't know for sure if that's going to happen. Uh, Watson hasn't played at all this season. Aaron Jones has missed the last two games. We do know that basically the left side of their offensive line uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, their two best linemen, both out. They've got a right tackle, Zach Tom, who's questionable. This is a problem uh, you, when you've got to deal with a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. The, the Lions have their own problems on, on offense, particularly on the offensive line. They're missing several guys as well. David Montgomery's still banged up. And you saw last week they completely took the air out of the ball. They had no chance of, of drop-back passing in the second half. They, mm-hmm. Because they understand where they're at with that line, and, it, and it's just not getting better right now. So uh, this feels like a game where there's – like. and by the way, I mentioned these guys, uh, Vitae and Matt Nelson are out on the Detroit offensive line. Taylor Decker, by far their best offensive lineman, and Jonah Jackson are both questionable. Uh, and if, if Decker's out, oh boy, Aiden Hutchinson is going, or uh, the, the Packers' defensive line is going to to get some uh, some pressure here. The Packers already top 10 pressure rate team. Uh, so it sounds like you like the under. You like both offenses to struggle. I like the under. I, I, it, this just feels like a, a matchup where both quarterbacks have a hard time getting anything real good going. We know Goff. Does great with a clean pocket. We also know Goff does great indoors. But when Goff's well when yeah. Goff's against pressure, woof. So I, I'm a, I'm a believer in this under um, fifty or forty six and a half. Mm-hmm. In general, like I said, we know we like primetime unders. Both these teams, I I think. I mean, we talked about this in the in the same game parlay pod. If you'd said the Detroit Lions were a better defensive right. team than offensive team at any point this season, I would have said you're crazy because the the thought, the prevailing thought coming into this season was Lions are all offense. If their defense can be decent, they're going to be a, a real threat. Well, it turns out their offense has not been very good and their defense has been elite. So, or I shouldn't say elite. Their defense has good. been very good. Mm-hmm. Top 10. So, I, 
To me, this is an under game. I, I don't really have a feel for the side. I do think I, I kind of lean to the Packers. I lean to the Packers. Just given the, the revenge angle. I, I, I you know. Well, yeah. Also, they're home and they're home, they're home on Thursday night football, and they were home last week. I love that being home on the short week after being home the previous week. I ran the query. If you are playing on Thursday and you were home the Sunday before, straight up. 76 and 59. So it's 56.3% straight up. Now I do straight up because they're only a one point dog, one and a half point dog, two points, whatever. So it's not like I'm worried about them losing the game by exactly one to cover the spread. I'm just going with straight up numbers. Speaking of the spread though, if you look at Steve Fezzik's power rating, the only two time winner of the super contest, Fez has the Lions two points better than an average team. And the Green Bay Packers, a half a point better than an average team, which would make the spread one and a half on a neutral. Is but Lambeau is, Field a neutral? That's the question. It is ask not. Ourselves. And would you agree that Lambeau Field would probably have good home field advantage? Now, I understand divisional home field advantage is not much because you're so used to playing there. But it is a short week, and it is Lambeau. I think that you have to give them maybe two points, one and a half at the least, which would make this a pick'em game, if not the Packers slightly favored. I agree, and I think the fans are gonna be riled up. When's the last time they were expected to lose to the Lions at home? Well, I'll Will tell you. New Milwaukee resident Damian Lillard be there for the game? Just might be. Just might be. So in 2017, they had a uh, Aaron Rodgers injury. In 2011, it was the last game of the season. So throw those two games out. Outside of those two games, last time the Lions were favored at Lambeau. 1991. That's before Brett Favre. That's Barry Sanders. Before Aaron Rodgers. That was Barry Sanders' heyday. Oh, my gosh. One time the last 33 years. Yeah, I, I lean the Packers in this one, and I lean, and I like the under. So Packers and the under would be the way I would go for Thursday Night Football tonight. Yeah, I I, I was impressed with what the Lions did, particularly defensively, last week against uh, against the Falcons, but that was a one-dimensional offense. And we know if you're, if you're able to take away the run against the Falcons, you're going to have a lot of success. The Packers were unable to do that. But the Falcons ran on the Packers in a way that the Lions aren't going to be able to. And you know what? I like the fight that we saw on the Packers last week. It, I, I was counting them out. That game seemed over. And the fact that that team kept going, found their way back into it, and, and just won, won the game, a game that looked like they had already – they should have just gone to the locker room and quit on uh, all in the fourth quarter – I was really impressed with the moxie of the Packers. So, uh, again, that's that's if I had to back a side in this one, it'd be the Packers. I, I just like ineptitude on offense more than I like either side. Well, let's take a look around the NFL. Other news and notes, uh, injury-related. Derek Carr still uh, – we don't know his status for the Saints game, but he was asked about how he's feeling. He's day-to-day -day recovering from a right shoulder injury. And he says he's going to do everything he can to be out there and play. Yeah, that sounds nice and all, but the Saints also signed Jake Luton yesterday. And the thought is, because Jake Hayner is still on the roster, he's suspended right now, there's no backup quarterback mm -hmm. for Jameis. So I don't think you'd be going out and signing a third quarterback if you didn't know that you were going to need one for this game. So my guess is that Derek Carr does not play. And Saints a field goal favorite over the Bucks coming up here on Sunday. Uh, other injury news, Austin Eckler practiced. Still not 100%, but it's got to be a positive sign for the Chargers. 100%. And this team has gotten nothing out of their running game in the last two weeks. Austin Eckler, I mean, obviously he's a, a great player uh, in, in the passing game as well. But having that threat of the run really helps the Chargers offense go. 
and Josh Kelly just hasn't earned any respect, and he, he's not done anything running the ball in the last two weeks. So I think getting Eckler back opens things up for this offense. Probably helps play in the Raiders' defense as well. <laughs> yeah, it probably matters more who they played, and I'm not going to say running backs are worth five points or whatever, but the last time Austin Eckler was healthy to start a game, they had their best running game in years, 233 yards in the ground versus the Dolphins. Yeah, and I think that also when you look at this game, it, it, yes, the fact that Eckler could play, which makes the Chargers better, but also there's injury concerns on the other side. And if the Chargers are hosting a Raiders team that will not have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, I think this is a game that they win convincingly because I don't respect Brian Hoyer as a starting quarterback. I think that's fair. The other injury nugget that doesn't affect this week but could affect next week is the Rams eyeing the debut this season, the season debut of Cooper Cup when they host the Eagles in week five. Currently, the Eagles are a six-point favorite on the look-ahead line against the Rams. If Cooper Cup plays, do we think the Rams have a good shot at covering? Do we assume that Cooper Cup's going to come back in week five? Because he was the put on the four-week IR? The report is that right. Sean McVay is hopeful that Cooper Cup plays in week five. I'll be honest. I think even more than Cooper Cup, the, the the Rams need to get their offensive line figured out. Like, Cooper Cup would be nice to have right now, but if Matt Stafford doesn't have any time, which was the case last week where he got sacked six times, uh, they're going to have a hard time getting the ball to Cooper Cup. They need a lot of help on that offense right now. He said, I know he's continuing to do everything in his power to be able to be uh, get himself ready to go out there with his teammates, and hopefully next week he'll represent that. Okay. Was that a good McVay? No. No? No. I feel like he's got like that kind of like raspiness to do his it, voice. It, do, do it, but pretend Patrick Mahomes coaches the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's taking it day by day. <laughs> yeah, you're a real good player, man. He's a dog. You know, Cooper Cup's a good guy, you know. Uh, you know, just try to get him the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> dumb. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. 
and so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. It is Thursday but we've got three college football games for you tonight. which Including is one that I love for tonight. Yeah, and let, let's start with that one. Let's start with Western Kentucky. Uh, Billy Zappi? No, there's no <laughs> Bailey Zappi there. Thank but you. Western Kentucky is minus six and a half, hosting Middle Tennessee. And you gave this out on the college football podcast that we did earlier in the week. Yep. It's moved a little. Move through some dead numbers. Um, I gave this to my clients early in the week, and they've seen it move as well. I still like Western Kentucky in this spot. I don't understand any support for Middle Tennessee. I I think this is a a really bad football team. And, I mean, listen, getting blown out by Alabama, whatever. Uh, I think what we saw against Colorado State, Colorado State was coming off their game of the year. Like, they're all in effort against Colorado, and everybody was dogging Colorado State. I backed them last week because I said middle's no good, Mm -hmm. and they are no good. Uh, Now Western Kentucky gets to be at home, which I think is a beautiful thing for them. They're glad to get back. Now, have you checked the weather? Because this was something that we talked about. Uh, Western Kentucky's played their last two games on the road at Ohio State and at Troy. So getting back home after a while is a, a nice thing. But there was supposed to be weather in this game. I worry if uh, if there is. I'm, I'm not as thrilled about Western Kentucky. Obviously a pass-heavy team. So there is uh, – could be 40 – it says 44% chance of precipitation at night. Okay, this is better than what it was earlier in the week. Yeah. Earlier in the week it was like 70% rain showers. This sounds like a positive sign to me. Obviously, so we're, we're looking at the let's look at the hourly forecast for Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, let's see if we're looking at the start time of this game is fourth seven thirty Eastern time. So it says forty three percent scattered mm-hmm. thunderstorms. So you're thinking better weather, better for the offensive team, better for the favorite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, elsewhere. Scattered and isolated. Those are good terms when in terms of thunderstorms. So it could rain for a little bit and then stop. They call this rivalry 100 miles of hate. I love the name. Western Kentucky's won last four in this series. And I just think that Western Kentucky, maybe people were downgrading them because they lost. They got blown out by Ohio State. And then last week's loss to Troy was kind of, it was, it was oh, kind of. Oh, it was very fluky. Yeah, it was very fluky. I'm not saying they should have won the game, but. It could have turned out a lot different than it did. Uh, I like I like WKU at home here. I was I was soured on Western Kentucky, but it, remember, I, I and it's got to cut both ways because you remember before the Notre Dame Ohio State game, I said, man, I was really impressed with Ohio State's defense, the way they handled Western Kentucky's passing game, and Ohio State did a great job of limiting Sam Hartman as well. So maybe, just maybe, Ohio State has figured something out. So that loss to Ohio State doesn't look – even a blowout loss doesn't look as bad as it did at the time when Ohio State hadn't really gotten any separation from anyone. But it turns out Ohio State, yeah, they're, they're still pretty good. Has Bowling Green ever played at Western Kentucky? Uh, so then you could say Bowling Green has played at Bowling Green? I'm sure they have. 
It's just weird. It is weird that uh, two, Bowling two, Green has two uh, D1 schools. Well, no, one's in Ohio, one's in Kentucky. I'm just saying it's two cities in the country named Bowling Green. I don't know. What a weird name. There's 27 named Franklin. How many Springfields? 33. I'm making this numbers up, but there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of Springfields. All right, let's go to Temple. Bowling Blue. It's like, yeah, it's like Bowling Green. Temple at Tulsa. And I'll be honest, I'm surprised yeah, that, the name come from? that the line has moved on this one. Uh, I was considering Temple early in the week as a mm-hmm. three-point dog. They're now three-and-a-half-point dogs. What you can say for Tulsa is, listen, they've gotten their ass kicked a couple times, but they've played Washington and they've played Oklahoma. Those are the kind of schools who are going to just whoop your ass if you're not a good team. Uh, they took it in both of those. Temple's played some tough teams too, though they got and they got punished as well. Miami punished them. Uh, Rutgers, your boys, even put up a nice number on them. Mm-hmm. I generally thought coming into this season that Temple was a little bit better than Tulsa, so my power ratings would say that Temple's the side here. I'm a little worried the way the market's responding to this. I like the under in this game. I just don't think these are these aren't explosive offenses. We're not going to see fireworks tonight in this game. Uh, I think we're going to see a low scoring game played within the 20s. It's going to be a total total's 55 and a half. I don't think it gets over 50. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, so, um, I, I, yeah, this, this feels like an under game. So that, that may be the way to look at this instead of trying to figure out a side. I, I was stuck trying to figure out, like, what, what am I missing here? Um, but maybe maybe I'm not missing anything. Maybe these are just two bad offenses and there's no point for me to get involved in a side. Just play that total. Uh, it, it, probably a good way to go about it. And in the nightcap with these – oh, by the way, that Tulsa Temple game kicks off at the same time. So you're stuck. You've got to choose. Mm-hmm. Like Which what do you, you want to watch? What do you want to yeah. watch? It's a it, one's on ESPN, one's on CBS Sports. But the uh, the late kickoff, which happens by the way, thirty minutes after these other two <laughs> uh, on on ESPNU, Jacksonville State at Sam Houston, Jacksonville State in Huntsville, Texas, not Huntsville, Alabama, Huntsville, Texas. <laughs> you know what's in Huntsville, Texas? What's that? The Sam la- Houston State, <laughs> the largest prison in Texas, and Texas's death row. Wow. Huntsville. Yeah, Texas. There's only one death row. They line them all up. If you're on death row in Texas, you're in Huntsville. That's where. That's where the. Uh, I don't know if there's a chair, but that's where you go to. Uh, to Huntsville next week. That's where you go to die. Dead man walking. <laughs> now I'm gonna give Tired, you. Boss. I'm gonna give you some stats here, and this. If you're looking to back Sam Houston, this could be problematic. Like I said, Jacksonville State's three and one, uh, and they're laying six and a half, but they're at Sam Houston. Sam Houston's total points scored so far this season. Zero, three, seven. Three games, ten points. This is not – that's not good offensive football. Bad for baseball. And I, I'm starting to think maybe Sam Houston's just not a very good offensive but football team. I, I will say this, though. They played BYU, Air Force, and Houston. Now they get to, you know, now it's like pick on somebody your own size, guys. Like, now they get to play somebody within their class, which okay. is Jacksonville State. And it's like Jacksonville State isn't, I mean, okay, they they lost to Coastal Carolina. They scored 17 on UTEP. I'm not going to brag about a, a, a dominating win against East Tennessee State. Be Eastern Michigan 21 nothing. That's that's okay. Good, and good that's, job that's their most recent yes. win. Now, the team total is 15. 
What do you think? I mean, the, the, Over, to under. the total in this game is 36 and a half. Low college football total. Man, yeah. that is a, that's like a, an NFL total. That's a, right. I mean, kind of a borderline low NFL right. total. Right, that's like a quarterback injured NFL total. Yeah, I, but you know what? Do you want to go against it? Do you, like, do you feel like this team who two of their games have not broken 20 points combined? Because let's face it, like you, you mentioned they played BYU and Air Force. We saw what Air Force has done to a couple teams mm-hmm. here. Air Force only put up 13 on them. BYU only put up 14, and that was a home game for BYU. It looks like the same Houston defense has a little spunk to it. Um, I, I still think their offense is going to be terrible. I, I think maybe the under is the way to go here, too. Yeah, it's just so low. It's like somebody makes a, somebody gets a turnover, and it winds up going over. Okay. Well, do you like the uh, the Bearcats then finally getting to punch on someone their own size? No, I would lean Jacksonville State. Oh, okay. I have them power rated higher. So you were just uh, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Just just to... Saying it's not fair, you know. They don't play. It, it hasn't know? been fair, but you know what? She's ten points in three games. Mackenzie, is that? I'm going to guess. Is that around three point three? Three, 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 three. Yeah, you'd have three, to add a couple three, threes there, three, but three eventually you'll get there. Keep adding threes, and eventually you'll get to uh, one third. I'm sure. Okay. You will. Yeah, that's just that's not great numbers. So uh, I'm not. I, when I said there's college football tonight, I didn't say there was good college football tonight. <laughs> but there is college football tonight. So Division uh, One, right? Division One. So if you that's find good. some, if you find a play you like, that's probably the game to stick to. Um, uh, Scott and I both like Western Kentucky. That's the game I'll be watching. Sure. Uh, and God, I don't know if you can pay me to watch Sam Houston play right now. I know we're not supposed to talk about numbers that we got in our pocket, but you did mention it, and I'm curious. What'd you get? Four and a half? On five and a half. Five same, and a half. Same, right. it, it didn't five and a half. Yep. And I put it in on. I want to say Monday morning. Didn't move, and he he uh, Gave had it on, on the, the college football pod. That was Wednesday afternoon, and it was the the same mm-hmm. five and a half I had. So, uh, won't matter when they win by a touchdown. That's that's my hope. Boy, you got to feel bad for the Cubs. Uh, they have now lost five games this month after holding a lead in the eighth inning or later. You know what I can, what I can picture right now? Nelson going, <laughs> I don't feel bad for it's him. It's tied for the most, Win a game, right? bro. M- most such losses in any single month over the last 50 seasons. How crazy is that? They were 80% to make the playoffs. Now they're 30% to make the playoffs. They deserve every freaking thing they get. Well, here's what the standings look like in the National League by virtue of losing again to the Atlanta Braves. The Chicago Cubs are now in a tie with the Miami Marlins for the third wild card. But I will remind the listeners out there, there is no game 163 anymore, which means should they end up in a tie, it goes through tiebreaker procedures. And so if the season ended right now, the Miami Marlins are the third wild card and the Chicago Cubs are not in the post. Eliminated. But the Cubs do have the tiebreaker over the Padres. So if it's a three-way tie. Yeah, well, well listen, we're not gonna get <laughs> we're not gonna get ahead of ourselves. All we need Are you to still know, talking Padres baseball, McKinsey? Five hundred to one, baby, listen, in pocket. Listen, all we all we know right now is that the Padres are still alive mathematically. They won last night. They are three and a half games out. They have three games left. Okay, they did what they they did what they were supposed to do, which was take two of three from the San Francisco Giants. They needed three of three. They needed three of three, uh, and now they have three games against the White Sox. Boy. Think about their losses, right? It started back on Wednesday, September 13th. And they won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. Lost in extra innings to the St. Louis Cardinals. Then they bounce back and blow them out. 
Then they lose thanks to giving up two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning to the Giants. That was the game where I bet on them. Yep. Thank you, Padres. And then they win their next two games. Had they won just one of those games between the Giants' loss or the Cardinals' loss? Now, I know you could say, like, I, I did, I talked with Josh Towers on the uh, baseball podcast about this, and he's like, look, he's like, T- teams take for granted games at the beginning of the season, mm. but you cannot take games for granted at the beginning of the season. It's just like they're all worth the same. So the games in April matter just as much as the games in September. I know you want to say, oh, well, no. Uh, yes, they do. They all, they're all worth one win. But let me give you some redonkulous splits when it comes to the 2023. You ready for this? The 2023 San Diego Padres. This season, in extra inning games, the Padres 0-12. Oh, man. In, in one run games this season, the San Diego Padres, 7 and 23. This, I mean, you look at the. If you, they were just average in either of those categories. AJ, if they won half of their extra inning games, they'd be in the playoffs right now. And it's not. It they'd already be, be sitting and chilling. They'd be clinched already. It wouldn't even be close. Oh, if man. If you give them six wins and take away six losses. Their record right now would be, what, 84? Yep. Which is what the Diamondbacks are right now, and the Diamondbacks are the second wild card. Man. Think about that. They're 0-12 in extra inning games this year, and it makes sense because look at the their run differential. They're plus the chances of that. They're plus 97 with their run differential, which means the games they're losing are one-run games. They're 7-23 and in one-run games. 32-20 and in blowouts, but 7-23 and in one-run games. That's how you miss the playoffs. And, yes, going 0-12 in extra innings is how you miss the playoffs. So maybe it's not exactly right, but we'd say 50% chance you win in extra inning games, right? Yeah. About 50%. All mm-hmm. right. So that means 1 in 4,100 times we expect a result this bad. 0-12, man. That, that's unbelievable. By the way, I, I, ne- I hadn't heard that stat until today. You just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, a crazy my, stat. My brain matter is on my laptop. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Also, uh, maybe if they did better against Head the pi- maybe if they did better against the Pirates this year, they were one in five versus the Pirates this year. <laughs> what if I told you since July first, they're on a ninety-seven win pace? Not yeah. good enough. Not good enough. Season no, begins in April. They're sixteen and seven in September. They're arguably the best team in baseball in September. I mean, this is a, great listen, pitching, great hitting. There's a bunch of teams sitting in the playoff race right now who are going, glad they're not coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't want to face the team. The team's hot right now. You don't I'm want to face them. them in the postseason. They're not going to make the playoffs, though, unless the Marlins and Cubs lose every game for the rest of the year because the And the most, Padres win out. Yes. The most wins they get. Well, they are. They're going to sweep the White Sox. Oh, they are. You know that. <laughs> unless they're eliminated. Once they're eliminated, I don't know how they This play. is the, the bubble. Phoenix Suns. Like, right. it, you, no matter how hard no. you try, it's it's too damn late. Although, how be, did we come here again? Listen, <laughs> we didn't lose any games. You, you know what would be amazing is if the Marlins and the Cubs both lost out and finished with 82 wins. The Padres win out and finish with 82 wins, but the Reds win two more games and finish with 83, <laughs> and they, they're in the playoffs. It is wild, man. But that's the situation right now we have in the National League. In the American League, guess what? The Blue Jays lost again. Garrett Uh Cole pitched an absolute gem, dominated the Blue Jays. They lose, but they are still a half game up on the Astros, and they're still 
one or oh, they're now they're they're half game up the Astros. I meant they're still one and a half up on the Mariners because the Mariners lost again. Well, the Mariners lost to the Astros. Yes, yeah. yes. a huge swing. We mentioned it before. They're both about minus one twenty to make the playoffs. Now Astros minus four fifty. Mariners plus two hundred to make. It. Yeah, and the Astros are uh, two and a half games back of the Texas Rangers for the American League West standings. The Rangers did pick up a win, so that was nice. Yeah, and the the Yankees uh, or the Blue Jays have one more with the Yankees before three with the Blue Jays. And man, they're or two games back. I see the Astros are the the Yankees picked a good time to really pick it up against this team. Uh, it, the Blue Jays haven't scored a run. Yeah in the two games of this series so far. Um, I talked about how the Mariners were in real trouble if they didn't win two out of three from mm-hmm. the Astros. They didn't. They won one out of three. I think they're still the team that's in real trouble. But, man, when you look at that it, it, three against the Blue Jays, one more against the Yankees, man, maybe the Blue Jays aren't as safe as they felt a couple days ago. Yeah. Well, here's one thing that you can be, I guess – you know the, the Mariners are four games back of Texas in the division, and that's a good thing for Texas because Seattle Seattle can't win the division. Right? Seattle can't win the division. They have three. Actually, they can. They're sweep. twenty to one. They, they have they have an outside shot. If they have four games with Texas right now at home, if Seattle sweeps these four games, then it depends on what the Astros do. Yeah. So there is an outside chance. So they're not eliminated from the division just yet. They actually control their own path. Sweep the Rangers, finish with 89 wins, and then see what the Astros do. The Astros with the you mentioned the Astros played the Blue Jays for the three games. So no, the Astros play the Diamondbacks for three games. Excuse me, Astros play the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Blue Jays play the race. So let's take a look at what we have on the schedule because some of these series begin today, some of them begin on Friday. So here's what begins today in terms of playoff implications. Diamondbacks are at the White Sox. We already talked about the Diamondbacks. They're the second wild card in the National League. They're in great position. Uh, elsewhere, we have the Orioles, who are still ahead of the Rays. They're two and a half games up on the Rays. The Orioles are hot, man. In the AL East. Yes, the Orioles... Uh, they're going to clinch the division. I, I think the Rays might have conceded. And here's what I mean by that. They celebrated last night. Celebrated clinching a wild card? They clinched, or clinched a playoff spot? They clinched a playoff spot 10 days ago. But they did not celebrate. Why not? Because Kevin Cash didn't want to celebrate then. So fast forward 10 days later. Which Guys, is, I'm having a birthday. If we could just hold the yeah, cake for a little yeah. while. <laughs> Which is yesterday. And ski goggles on, champagne, all really? that stuff. Was it something about being home, maybe? Either way, that's a weird, that's it's a strange that math. Wait a minute, we already clinched. Kevin Cash said, quote, I know it's different. I just told the guys, we're different. We're the race. Yep, the race clinched on September 17th. Um, but they did not celebrate until last night. So what does that mean? Do they get motivated and try and win this division, sweep the sweep the Blue Jays, and see what happens? You trying to find logic? They're different. <laughs> oh, I'm different. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah. Or what's more likely is they don't believe that the Baltimore Orioles are going to lose three games to the Boston Red Sox because that's what it would take for the Rays to win the division. Yeah, and that's a weird situation because you feel like you don't want to celebrate clinching a wild card spot you like right. to celebrate what but now, how about this how about don't celebrate until yeah. you win something but now you yeah. can hang a banner 
Now you can set your pitching up for the the, the, the wild card series. And you it know, seems like they got to a point where they're like, well, we're not going to celebrate the division. Most likely, mm-hmm. let's kick out the champagne while we got yeah. it. That's why. I, why ice. even do that? Why not know. just say like, let's let's celebrate after we win a playoff round or something? Yep. I don't know. That's Let me throw a, a pop look. quiz at you guys. Last time the Orioles won a hundred games in the MLB season. It's. A long time ago. 1994. 1980. Oh, wow. Been a minute. Wow, that's wild. And you know what? They they lost 100 games like a couple years ago. Nice turnaround. It's been an incredible turnaround. When you think about who's at the top of the standings right now, the Orioles have been in the dumpster. The Rays have been in the dumpster before. I mean, not very recently, Mm -hmm. but they, they fought out of it. Uh, it, the Texas Rangers have been in the dumpster, and obviously, it's it's well documented how bad the Astros were before they started. It's it, it's it's a little different than it was in the early two thousands, where it felt like yeah. if you weren't one of the anointed yeah. teams, you didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. Seems like things are opened up a little bit more. I mean, so, we're still seeing Kansas City and Oakland at the mm-hmm. bottom of the standings every year, but it, there, it feels like there's some hope. So the Orioles minus one twenty tonight against the Red Sox. Dean Kramer goes for them. Chris Sale will start for Boston. Blue Jays will have Chris Bassett on the mound when they face the Yankees. Luke Weaver goes for New York. The Blue Jays are minus one eighty in a game they have they have to have. Although maybe they think that the Rays aren't going to play the final three games of the series, so they're going to be all right. Uh, Marlins will send Jesus Lazardo to the mound in New York against the Mets. David Peterson goes for New York and Miami minus one thirty-five. The Cubs will. Hope to win a game uh, against <laughs> the done. Braves. Uh, speaking of the Braves, home. Ronald Acuna last night be, uh, created the 40-70 club. Ooh. 40 homers, 70 stolen bases. Crazy, right? Marcus yeah. Stroman will go for the Cubs, and uh, A.J. smith Shaver will start for the Braves. And the Rangers and Mariners, very important game. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners, Jordan Montgomery for the Rangers, Seattle minus 125 at home. You know what? DraftKings dog of the day. That's my DraftKings dog of the day. Let's go. Yep, I I'm think, with you. I think the Rangers send the Mariners like into a spin right now. Yeah. I, they, I mean, I guess if they beat them today, they're not eliminated. But, not from the wild card. But it ain't going to happen. They will be eliminated from the division, and uh, Texas will be one step closer to clinching the division because, again, Houston right now is, what, two, two and a half games back? Yeah. So right now they have 89 wins, a 90th win. I mean, that's – the most that Houston can get is 90 wins, right? Well, a win for the Rangers tonight would at least clinch them a playoff spot. Sure. So Everyone likes celebrating. Yeah. If you can clinch that playoff spot, that's a that's a beautiful thing. The that's, Astros have three games left. They can only get to 90 wins So from 87. So. Oh, but the Astros do have the tiebreak against the Rangers, so maybe I'm wrong about that. Astros can only get to 90 wins? I'll have to text RJs. Under 91 and a half. MLB bet of the year is going to cash. Is it really? Good for him. Congratulations on that. Let me look at my uh, preseason total on the Astros. And I had them at, if I scroll all the way down, let's go to the American League West. 48 and a half. Scott had the Astros (laughs) at 92 wins. Oh, that's an under. Yep. I had the, oh man, I was really wrong on a lot of these teams. How many did you have for the Orioles? You don't want to know. I want to know. No, you don't want to know. <laughs> How many did you have for the A's? How close were you to the 48 games they're actually going to win? I don't think he had anyone losing as many as the A's lost. Yeah, no. I had the A's at like 62. Um, I had Baltimore at 77 wins. Man, what a story they are. Yeah. And it's funny. If you look at their roster, it's a bunch of kids. Like, this this Orioles team could be mm-hmm. good for a long – it could be kind of Atlanta Braves-esque. I had the Blue Jays at 89. That might be spot on. Might be. They're 87 right now. What would you have on the St. Louis Cardinals? 
Oof. Yeah, no, not Let's good. Let's not go down there. <laughs> 85. Ooh, they're going to come up short. What they about played 85 games. What about the Mets? <laughs> not even close on the Mets either. Yeah. yeah why, are you gonna, why are you going after this hard? Well, you didn't picture the Mets Nin- trading off their best pitchers? Nin- 91. All right, last, last one. What about the your hometown, the New York Yankees? Yeah. They're going to be above 500. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, 93. I was, right. not, even, not, not even close. <laughs> not even close. I didn't have any team winning 100 games. Really? Yeah. I was very conservative. I had the Dodgers winning 95. Pretty close. Dodgers Dodgers have a chance to win 100 still. I had Dodgers 95, Braves 94. So those are my two top teams, which I, those, those are the highest things that I have, which I feel good that I nailed the, the top two teams. Yeah, those are the two World Series favorites. Yes. Th- there are four teams with a chance to win 100. Likely, though, there's probably going to maybe two. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's already done it, but mm-hmm. the, the Dodgers are two away with four left. Orioles, uh, the Orioles or- are one, one, one Orioles away. Are one yeah. away. And the Rays would have to, uh, they'd have to sweep the season. And they're drunk, so. Yeah, and, and, yeah they're and, different. <laughs> and remember Fezzik's bet about will a team lose 100 games? Colorado, 101 losses already. You have the A's, 110 losses. Kansas City, 103. One of the great minus 500 the bets of all time. White Sox are at 98. They that could was wind up losing 100 winner. as well. So White Sox are 98 with four left. They're yeah. almost certain to yes. lose 100. Yes, so great bet there. By our buddy Steve Fezzik. Make sure you guys head to pregame.com. Speaking of Steve Fezzik, where uh, you can take advantage of uh, incredible discount offers that we have for you available, including 20% off if you use our promo code PUSH20. PUSH20. Playoff push? Playoff push. Push 20, going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. Simply head to the website. If you are not a pregame.com member, sign up for free and get your free $25 just for becoming a pregame.com member. And then you have access to all of our discounts and promo codes. Push 20, we'll get you 20% off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sadford. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.